Welcome to the Oakcrest podcast channel. Oakcrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop their intellect, character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. On today's podcast, Head of School Mary T. Ortiz offers some thoughts on making the best use of our time and gifts, especially during this season of Advent and Christmas. We're going to have our Head of School coffee. Uh, here we are Friday, December 4th, our last coffee this year. So I want to just start with uh, just sort of placing ourselves um, in the in the day, if you will, and this just time. Uh, today is an important day at Ocrest because it's the anniversary of the, the death of uh, Mrs. Debbie Duffy, who is uh, an amazing woman. She's in a very, very, very important person for Ocrest. And I want to just give you a little bit of background on her. Um, Debbie was a trustee for the school for, I think, over 20 years. So she was, you know, involved with Ocrest almost from, its, I would say, from its very beginning um, as a trustee, as a friend, just watching the school grow and helping out in so many ways. And uh, towards the end of her life, she was um, very, very followed very closely, you know, every, every aspect of the school, especially in the move here. She is our most generous benefactor. We would not be here without uh, Debbie's uh, financial support for the school. She was a, uh, a mom, an educator. She was a Montessori teacher. She started a, a Montessori school. And, um, and again, she was just a great friend of, this, of Ocrest, a great believer in this education for girls. So today uh, in 2014, she passed away and the school, it was a great, uh, it's a great memory for me. We brought the, the whole school to the funeral. Uh, the choir sang at the mass and they did an incredible job. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, and so anyway, it was, it was a really a special moment for Ocrest. We have her painting, a portrait of her in the lobby, which I'm sure many of you have seen. She's um, sort of right outside my office, which I'm really happy about, wearing a beautiful blue dress. It's her favorite color. There's a, a vase of Lily of the Valley beside her. That was her favorite flower. She was a, a really very serious gardener. Um, anyway, it's a beautiful portrait. We put a lot of love into that and we just love having her her beautiful smiling face uh, in the lobby with us. Uh, Debbie and her husband, Joe, who's also a tremendous supporter of Ocrest. I don't wanna leave Joe out. Um, they have one daughter, Mary Ellen, who is a trustee now for Ocrest, um, has been for the last few years. She's also a great friend, has been very generous with the school, loves Ocrest, is one of our biggest cheerleaders. And Debbie's sister, Mary Catherine, has also recently become a fan of Ocrest um, and has also helped us out tremendously um, in the last, just recently by her prayer, her interest, and also has contributed financially to the school. So we, we have great women in our lives. I, I, loved, I love the girls to know that, um, that we have these great women who have believed in the school from the beginning, have seen the, the purpose of Ocrest and believed in it um, and given so much over the years. So, so today is um, a special day. It's also a special day um, 
We're in the Novena to the Immaculate Conception, which is the nine days of prayer up to and including the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8th, which is next Tuesday. And the school has always loved to live these days, um, just putting simple things, you know, flowers in front of the statue of Our Lady of Ocrest. Um, in the homilies, when we have mass, the priests will often tell us some things about uh, the role of Our Lady um, in our faith, in our lives, in the world. Um, and I think just in a small personal way, we encourage the girls to grow in their relationship with Mary. Uh, and it's a great preparation for Christmas. So that's the other piece. Uh, we're in the Novena to the Immaculate Conception. And then another point, I think we, we, are, we all know, we've been, uh, and you will be getting a letter. Um, we are praying for the repose of the soul of Alice Shishkow, um, um, the mother of Susie Shishkow, who's a junior here. Alice passed away last week after a three-year, um, I don't know if I call it battle with cancer. I, I guess you could say that she um, just was amazing in, in this struggle battle, I guess you could say. Um, so Alice passed away. We are all uh, trying to stay very close to the Shishkow family. And um, you'll be hearing more. I'm sending a letter this afternoon. Um, and we're definitely trying to accompany John, her husband, and um, Susie. Alice also had her two older daughters went to Ocras, Cecilia and Mary. I was here when both of them were here and they're lovely girls. The Shishkow girls are known for their excellence on the soccer field. They are fierce and fabulous. Um, and also they're very, very good math and science students. Um, so anyway, um, so Alice is on our mind. And I wanna read you two things that I think could be helpful. And then we're gonna jump into just a few comments from this morning, a few reflections. Um, this is on Debbie. Um, that It was something that her, her uh, daughter, Mary Ellen, um, when she came to the school some years ago, she gave a presentation to the students about her mother and her mother's love for Ocrest. And it was fantastic. She presented this really, uh, like you could say portrait of an of a amazing woman to the girls. Um, I think it will help them very much. Um, to, it's very important, obviously, to learn from the real lives of, of wonderful people. But in there, she just said a few things. She said, when mom found out about Ocrest, she felt very strongly about its possibilities to produce leaders who were not afraid. And she said, my family had wealth, has wealth that most of us had very little to do with creating. And she said, how do we look at it? I'm going to read something my mother wrote before a family meeting about stewardship. I won't read you all of it, but this is, I think it's important to get some of it. So this is what Mrs. Duffy read um, at a family meeting. And she said, we are links in a chain. The chain is only as strong as the weakest link. It's up to us, to each one of us, to be a strong link, link by living our lives with loyalty, integrity, and a deep sense of responsibility. She said, we have been given a great gift and a great responsibility. The great monetary wealth that's been given to us and the values and history of the people who came before us. We are part of our family, of a family. And then she said, went on to say, we have a responsibility to help others in society that forms part of the larger chain. We have a responsibility to husband well and become good and trustworthy stewards. 
Uh, she said, I think all of us feel this responsibility and accept and act upon it. Our wealth is not just for us individually, for our comfort, pleasure, and amassing of possessions, the creed of our consumer society. And then this last thing, she said, keep in mind the gift, keep in mind the responsibility, keep in mind the family, keep in mind the past as we forge ahead in the future, keep in mind the chain and its links. And I just think it's an amazing uh, legacy that this woman um, really has given to Oakcrest. And related to Alice, so we have our great woman, Debbie Duffy, who we pray uh, for and to today. And then Alice Shishkow, another great Oakcrest woman. Uh, as she and her husband, John, have been uh, generous and faithful Oakcrest uh, members of this, member of the family for years. So this is a poem that an Ocrest mom shared with me. She heard Alice give a talk some years ago. I think it was actually just a few during Lent. Um, and Alice quoted this poem. And this Ocrest mom just sent me an email, I think it was yesterday, telling me about her you know, admiration for Ocrest, uh, sorry, for Alice, and uh, shared this poem with me because his mom had asked Alice for the poem after the talk and Alice shared it with her. It's very simple, it's really a prayer, uh, but I think it's so beautiful and says so much about her life well-lived. It's called Others, and this is how it goes. Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Help me in all the work I do to ever be sincere and true and know that all I do for you must needs be done for others. And when my work on earth is done and my new work in heaven's begun, may I forget the crown I've won, won while thinking still of others. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be, help me to live for others that I may live like thee. Again. So simple, um, but so deep and so true. And Alice, I can certainly say that she um, she definitely lived that way. So just to share um, those two little, I could say, portraits. We're so blessed. Um, I think you must experience this to have people like this uh, in our lives. Uh, Elizabeth Black loves to say when we talk about education or you know, um, I don't know, more theoretical. Uh, concepts, if you will, she'll always say, let's put flesh and bones on it uh, for the students, obviously. So I love that we have flesh and bones on these great ideals. Um, so many, so important, um, and especially in a school, and especially in these years when the girls are they're the most formative years of their lives. And they are looking uh, for models, for ways to be, again, even if they never articulate it, they absolutely are looking um, and thinking, you know, who do I want to be? And what, what characteristics do I want to have? Um, what do I want to be known for? It's very natural. What do I, what would I like people to say about me? This is very, very natural part of growing and maturing. And again, how blessed we are to have these uh, awesome, and I say that in the literal sense of the word, awesome women to look to. So the second point, I, uh, really the second part of the talk, if you will, is um, just a few things about, um, I would capture it as um, how, to, how to live Christmas vacation really well. That's really what's in my mind and heart. Um, I was talking to someone here 
uh, the other day, and she commented on the fact that um, she was helping, uh, I think it was her men some of her mentees, to really work on back, uh, backwards planning, the concept of backwards planning. So she was you know, just helping them, coaching them in time management skills. Um, and she, you know, just commented on that. And I thought, well, that's, that's interesting. I'm glad you're doing that, how important that is. Um, so again, backwards planning, that's my concept. Um, it's, as you know, starting with the goal, you know, where do I want to be and working backwards to figure out how I'm going to get there. And part of that, of course, is breaking things down. Um, breaking that big goal down into small manageable parts and then placing those parts really in a plan, really on, on a calendar, if you will. So breaking the project down into smaller parts, putting those smaller parts on your calendar to work in a time within a timeline to get you to your deadline. I call it calendaring. So I'll just write down different times. I've got to calendar that because it's big and it's maybe overwhelming. I, and I'm not sure how I'm gonna to get to it. So I need to calendar that. Um, and I think that I just, as a humorous note, I'm sure many of us remember um, disasters in this regard. I mean, I, you really do sometimes have to live through something that didn't go well um, to remember, you know, whatever. I, I, I've gotta figure this out or I've gotta get better at this. I've gotta, you know, hone my skills. So we're not born with you know, backwards planning in our DNA by any stretch of the imagination. And we know we all have strengths and weaknesses. Some of us, this comes to some of us more naturally and, and to others, no. Um, there's a funny um, anecdote on that. Uh, there's a book called Bird by Bird, by, I think it's by Ann Patchett, and it's about writing. I have not read the book. I've heard it. I've heard it's really good. Um, but I just love the, uh, the story of where the title comes from. Um, bird by bird. It's basically, um, she remembered a time when her, I think it was her younger brother, who might have been 10 or 11, uh, was had a project to complete that was something, a project on like all the birds of North America, some like massive, you know, fourth grade project. And uh, he didn't do anything on this project. And it was, you know, the night before it was due, he's at the kitchen table sobbing, uh, with her dad, who says, basically, the, the great line is, um, we're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do it, buddy. And he said, we're going to take it bird by bird. Um, and I just love the whole scene of that. Um, I'm sure it was like just a terrible, awful moment for this kid. And sure, certainly for the dad, but uh, that's it. I mean, things have to be taken bird by bird, we're going to break this down. So um, it's, it's absolutely essential and we know, um, you know, we've had our own difficulties along the way, but boy, when we, we get, get this and get better at it uh, increasingly, what a, what a great thing. So, um, and I think the girls are learning that here and they'll have their ups and downs, but we definitely do teach this, uh, especially as they get older and um, the projects become bigger. So, I just want to look at this, though, this concept as a way to look at Christmas vacation and not so much on, you know, what do we have to accomplish, but just this idea of, um, you know, what do I want, really? What do I, what do I hope for? Um, and I just want to put myself and maybe you can join me in this scene. You know, it's the day before 
Uh, it's January. I'm actually not even sure if the girls come back. I think they come back on the 5th. Um, haven't gotten that far. I've got to work on my own backwards planning, but let's just say it's the day before uh, returning to school. And, you know, here we are, it's January, 2021. Wow. Um, and, you know, here I am looking for my uniform that somewhere um, to really lay it out on my bed or put it on its hanger, dust it off. Um, and just, you know, thinking, what do I want to, you know, how do I want to look back over the Christmas holidays? Um, what do I, what do I wish I had experienced in some way? And to take it in the broadest concept um, is we don't want life to just happen to us, right? In, in any way, we have goals for ourselves. Uh, they're very important goals. We have goals for the most important people in our lives, for sure. Um, and God, even a larger step, God wants us to use our freedom to make good choices, to move ahead, really, um, to enable us, those good choices that will enable us to move forward in the most important aspects of our lives. That's really the key. Um, so we could just kind of frame all of this in another series of questions, the big questions, um, as what we say here, the, the big picture, the BP. How am I using what's, what God has given me to respond to the gifts and the opportunities that he's given me? Um, how am I using, you could say, how am I using my time, which is a gift, as we know, um, and all of these gifts. My time, time is a gift. Health, good health is a gift. Talents, um, again, the fact that he's put certain people in my lives, everything is a gift, right? But how am I using all these gifts to grow into the person I'm meant to be? So that's the largest, the, the, the large frame, I think, to look at, look at anything really, but to look at, um, you know, a period of time, whether it's Christmas vacation, the summer, um, my sophomore year, anything. Um, how am I using this, um, all of these beautiful gifts to grow into the person that I'm meant to be? So I think, you know, considering the Christmas holidays and this time in this light, I, I like to think, how am I going to use this wonderful time um, to keep growing as a person, to make good choices that bring out the best in me and that bring out the best in others. So, so that's the focus, right? Um, and you can see, obviously, it's in contrast uh, to the other, you could say, lesser um, frames of reference that we are all subject to and that come up like, and we all have them, right? I don't know, from the child, like, how am I going to get the most Christmas gifts or, you know, how am I going to, I don't know, accomplish, you know, check out everything off on my list. I mean, they're not bad goals, but they're really not the biggest, the ones that truly, the biggest ones that truly correspond to who we are, our deepest desires in life, um, the ones that truly um, make us happiest. So I have four, four things here, and then we can, you know, say, move on to our Great Friday. Um, the first is no surprise if it's coming from me, um, is to really start with God. Uh, no surprise, right? But this is the way I look at it. Um, all is well when we are, if I just put it this way, when 
we are right with God. Um, and conversely, nothing is truly right when that fundamental relationship is off. Um, I think this has to be the, the um, just the thing that I've like kind of boiled everything down to uh, in life. That fundamental relationship uh, absolutely needs to be um, as right as it can be. It's not a static thing, of course, um, but that's really, really where we want to work. Um, and then when we do that, all the secondary things, I think they sort of line up and come into place. So um, just to look at that. So here we go. We're starting, we're in this time. And again, place, let's place ourselves in this time. Obviously, we have a vacation at this time because of Christmas, um, the birth of the Son of God. Um, it's a simple point. Um, one of my, um, actually the person who hired me here, Ellen Cavanaugh, been in education for 30 years, a or plus more, very wise woman. And she, at different points, would say, let's get the facts. Um, she comes from a family of lawyers. I think that might have been it. But um, she'd say, let's, let's, let's get the facts. Let's start with the facts. And after a while, I was struck with how easy it is not to get the facts, you know, just to get the feelings or get the reactions or whatever. We really need the facts, start with the facts. So even in any situation in life, it's really good. Like, do we have the facts? So I was reading this morning, just very briefly, um, what I would consider some element of the facts. It says this quote, over the course of the year, the church celebrates the whole mystery of Christ from the incarnation to Pentecost. Advent, the time we're in right now, has a twofold character for it is a time of preparation for the solemnities of Christmas in which the first coming of the Son of God to humanity is remembered. And likewise, a time when by remembrance of this, minds and hearts are led to look forward to Christ's second coming at the end of time. For these two reasons, Advent is a period of devout and expectant delight. And I just love that. I mean, this is the time that we're in. Um, and just to kind of let that sink in. I love that. Advent is a period of devout and expectant delight. And I think they're just, that is a, such a fantastic way of describing childhood. Um, in a sense, they don't even realize it, but devout children are very close to God. Devout, so that sense, an expectant delight. I just love that. Um, what a beautiful uh, attitude that we can still have, even though we're not children, we can still, uh, we have to work at it. That's the difference. But anyway, it's a magnificent season um, of preparing the heart and the soul. Um, it's an opportunity handed to us, this time of preparation for Christmas to really stop um, to look at our lives more thoughtfully. Um, we're all in different places. Um, and you could say in this journey to God, um, you know, many of you are Catholic. I know a, a number of you are, are not Catholic. You're a Christ, different Christian uh, denominations. Some of you are not believers, whatever, but we're all, um, we're all children of God. We're all made in the image and likeness of God. We all have an immortal soul. But we're, as I said, we're in different places. This time, um, though, I think we could all take advantage 
at the different, again, the different places we are, to look at our lives more thoughtfully, um, to precisely intentionally not get caught up in things that are less worthy of us, whether that's just consumerism or the expectations of, of, of others or the different aspects of our culture that are just really maybe superficial and miss the opportunity um, to look at our lives more thoughtfully. One way, one thing that some people do is say, gosh, is this, again, looking at my life, is there a habit that I need to try to overcome? Thinking what a gift that is to give to the people next to us. You know, if I could identify something that, um, that really mars my character, it mars maybe my professional work or my relationships, whatever it is, but to, to identify that habit. I mean, think of a classic one that we all fall into is complaining. Um, it can be very interesting and very intentional. Um, you know, have I, have I, how many times have I focused on the negative today? I can go a little bit deeper and find out why am I doing that? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm tired, maybe I'm whatever, but really identifying a, a habit that's not good um, at the same, or to acquire a new one. Um, what habit that would help, would actually help my, my professional work, um, would help my relationships with others. A very mundane one that I know I have to work on is punctuality, um, that I'm thinking more of others and their schedule rather than my own and trying to just fit one more thing in. So many times when I'm not punctual, it's that I try to fit one more thing in instead of thinking if getting to this meeting um, would help this, this other person's schedule, whatever it is. We have a tradition that's very loved here at Oakcrest. I'm going to read you. It was brought here by Mrs. Hadley, and it's the empty manger tradition um, in which, and it's just a quick write-up, it's, there's um, yarn outside of the chapel and this is what it says, and the girls love it. I absolutely love the fact that they love it. This is one way we can center our hearts on the true meaning of Christian Christmas is with our empty manger tradition. The manger is an empty crib waiting to be filled with love so that the baby Jesus finds a warm, soft bed on Christmas. We can offer him our love by little acts of service, small sacrifices, acts of generosity, and acts of kindness. We have the custom of putting small pieces of yarn representing hay in the manger to mark these acts of love for baby Jesus. Every time someone makes a small sacrifice, helps another, does something kind or generous, we can make a quiet visit to the chapel and help fill the manger with yarn, a visible reminder of placing our hearts there for the Christ child. And it's really lovely. So that's just one of my favorite things is seeing the girls, um, you know, take a little piece of yarn, put it in the, the basket, that's ready to, that will be placed, that is the manger. Um, and then just going in and making a quick visit to the chapel. And I, I, you know, you know that behind that is these acts of kindness, um, small sacrifices that are real and that are helping um, friendship, that are helping them in their studies, that are making them, you know, helping them be a better sister, a better daughter, a better classmate. And you see, this, that's the work of, of virtue, very practical. So that's a lovely tradition here. The other thing that the girls um, that's related to this time is, um, is confession. Um, it's the sacrament of joy. 
it's a sacrament of mercy um, and it's available here, of course, um, but it's, it's just great. I mean, that's um, to, again, examine the conscience, um, look and see what, um, what's rendering my heart uh, a less comfortable place for God to reside in. Um, and again, it's not, a, it's not something dark. It's not about guilt. It's, um, it's a sacrament of joy. We, we get what we need to start again. So again, very simple questions. Um, and again, going back to, and I move on to my next point, but we don't want to be working on the, I find so often in life, you know, I can be working on the secondary things and working really hard, but I want to go back to the primary. It is my relationship with God which absolutely affects my relationship with others. They are two sides of the same coin, if you, if you will. So for this time, I would just say, get into the reason for the season in your home. Just dive in. Um, you can celebrate feasts with great aplomb. It is so much fun. December 6th, this Sunday is the Feast of St. Nicholas. Um, we have our little St. Nicholas prayer cards here. Um, go for it. I know I'm going to go out and buy chocolate and, you know, put, put things in shoes. It's a great tradition. People leave their shoes out overnight and St. Nicholas puts chocolates and little gifts and fun things. December 12th is the beautiful feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Last year we had the mariachis here and we celebrated in great, great style. This year it's a Saturday. I don't know what the mariachis do in COVID, but, um, but celebrate on your own, Mexican pastries. Um, there's an incredibly beautiful tradition of love for Mary in the Mexican culture, full of joy. But maybe this year, the 12 days of Christmas, Christmas really begins on Christmas and is followed by 12 days of joy and feasting and all kinds of good things, make it special. You know, read about, read about traditions. I was thinking the way different cultures celebrate Christmas um, and just dive in. It is uh, so, so joyful, and it hits all our need, all our human needs for um, for celebration, for for good food, good fun, all of it. It's so uh, it's such a such a human um, thing. It's just really really funny, really fun. Um, one last thing, and I'll move on to my next one. I um, had a friend who would often say use the Christmas lights when you're driving around. It's such a dark time of year, but there are many Christmas lights as a reminder of the season. And I think just a reminder of the joy, um, the real reason for the season, you know, God has become man um, to love us, to save us, to show us how to live. And that's for each one of us. That, I won't go off here, but that's the joy. My joy has deep roots. Um, that is, and just to let yourself ponder that, go deep in that and bring it out. Second is a little bit odd, you might think, and I'm, I'm watching my time, is maybe to ask your daughter before things start, um, before she puts all the books away, you know, um, again, going back to the backwards planning, um, like what might you want to accomplish in terms of, believe it or not, in, in schoolwork over ho the holidays? And you may say, oh my goodness, Miss Ortiz, that's a terrible thing. I think it's an interesting way to get at um, lessons about work that can really help. Um, it's really trying to, um, again, develop some good habits. And our life is really, in some ways, learning how to love work. Um, and in order to love something, you've got to dive in. You've got to learn good habits and you've got to lean in. We don't love what we stay away from. 
We don't love what we do only under duress. We don't love what we do only uh, when we're really tired or for kind of superficial reasons, just to get a good grade. That's not what puts a light in our eyes. Um, and so a, a kind of secret I think is to really um, take a holiday, even take some of the summer, and I'm sure some of you do this, and look, help your daughter framework in this way. So maybe just asking, what do you have? And it may be, um, and you know, it depends on her age. And I know that's, you know, you could think about that, but maybe you're gonna hear, you know, she's got this long, the older girls, this long novel. Um, wouldn't it be great to, to get some of that reading under your belt over Christmas? Again, maybe, hopefully you don't have to. This is also learning when you, you don't have to do this, but you know, again, it might make January a little bit going back better, you know, and read at a pace that's slower. You can really enjoy it. Take some notes, delve in. Um, maybe that's it. Um, you could look at just little things. Maybe what, what's her least favorite subject? Um, maybe, maybe there's something she could do an enrichment there, not in an, not in a, in a um, harsh way, but you know, if it's history, maybe her least favorite subject is history. And you could do something in the, on the enrichment side there. Like, let's go to, I know, maybe, let's go to an, a battlefield. If it's, she's doing Civil War history, I mean, that's not boring, I think, but like, let's go to a battlefield or let's, let's watch a documentary um, on that. So you're helping create that, a little bit more of that interest. It's like wetting an appetite. Um, things like this. So I, I think it's helpful. Uh, again, and you're, we're looking at that January day, your daughter, you know, you're, we're going back. Um, what helps going back is having, having, you know, your ducks in line a little bit more ducks in order, as they say, and she might look back and say, I've done some things, you know, I'm ready to go back. I've put some order. I know where I'm going. I'm not hitting ice cold water, just plunging in. I mean, that's not a very, good thing. Um, and again, it's not overburdening. We certainly don't want to go like you should be, you know, working a lot on vacation or anything, or it's just, it's taking a different, a slightly different approach. I think it's very helpful. And the idea is to help her to, to love these things, um, to organ, to have order, to organize. So that would be the, th the second thing. And the third and the last is um, to do some, do things just for their own sake. This is kind of the definition in some way of leisure just because you want to. It serves no particular purpose. It's just sheer enjoy enjoyment. So what are you gonna do? What is she gonna do? And I think in the, that realm, it can be, you know what, I'm just gonna, I wanna learn how to paint or, um, or sew or cook or do something or just take long walks or bird watching or, you know, just things that are just, there's no, I don't, I'm not doing it for a grade. I'm not doing it for any other reason, just that be, other than I want to. Um, I want to, and there's a great joy there. Um, and of course, other people, it, it just grows. You can share it with other people and your joy multiplies, all of that. So just that true doing things for its own sake. And then I would just say to, to all of you mothers out there, we have to keep a big dose of a sense of humor here because we're not going to achieve many things here. I mean, have those expectations. But if we achieve some of this and help your daughter, um, you know, some of it in each of these areas, how wonderful. Um, that's really, and again, keeping other, it's not our own achievement, um, keeping our order, our priorities straight, 
um, will help us so much.